So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that gets up early to watch something and then does nothing for huge periods of time. Oh, no, I, I usually wait for you to react, but you've just said it. <laughs> Let's just wait for a long period of time with nothing happening and then we can start again. Now we need to fill. We need to desperately, desperately fill. Oh, let's get Jensen Martin on. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that causes chaos. We've been sponsored this week by Gravel. And we've got to do what we can to get gravel on the coverage. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. Because of the red flag, the previous joke didn't happen. There was no chaos. What chaos? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast. Oh, and more chaos. I think we should do an ASMR version of this podcast where we just whisper, Michael Massey, into the microphone. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Phil Tromans, and amid the madness, I'm here, draped in red flags and nothing else, to welcome you to the podcast. Tonight, we'll be talking about the Australian Grand Prix, which may well have set a new standard for peak F1. How much more F1 can things get? We'll discuss that, the people who did and could and should have done well in Melbourne, and the people that didn't. And there's Listener's Corner, and Terry goes on some rants, and all the usual features. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who got frog poisoned. It's Terry Saunders. Again, Terry? It is the kind of thing I do, because it's the kind of thing I did this week. I got <laughs> frog poison put on me and then threw up in a bucket. <laughs> it's a thing, and it's... You'll need to explain this. I've, I've done that thing, I'm not sure... I think it's legal. Anyway, they, there's this frog poison, <laughs> and they burn your arm, and then they put the frog poison on your burn. Who's they? Who's they? Who's they? The people that you pay 100 euros. And then you've got, you got to drink a lot of water... And then the frog poison hits you, and then you're violently sick until all this yellow bile comes up. And apparently that's good. Right. Why? Why was this? Just trying to impress a girl. <laughs> Did it work? Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll you didn't see. have to kiss... You didn't, this, the girl didn't happen to be a frog that you had to kiss, was it? No, no, no. No, this is Because I've read that story. It doesn't end this well. This is the same one as, as always. Chica, what have you been up to? Chica's not here! Where's Chica? Chica sends her apologies. 
she's had a, a last minute thing that's meant you you're stuck with us two reprobates i'm afraid and i'll do my best cheek of voice um and we'll try and get you through it but, but yeah please hang on in with us look for long time listeners who probably haven't lasted this long do you remember there was a time back in our london days when me and you did a podcast on our own which it's the i believe worst rated one we'd ever done yeah. i believe we were outside the south bank center was it just the two? Was Matt there as well? Or was it just? The two, it was just the two of us, wasn't it? We it had to record. Just the two of us trying to figure out how the recorder worked, and we thought we could wing this. And yeah, not only did mm. we not, we thought we got away with it, but then the review started to come in, and we did not get away <laughs> with it. So no, um, it turns out everyone loved Chica. Yeah, so, so uh, Chica, um, we'll see you soon. So yeah, Chica can't be here, but we will do our best. Sorry about that. <laughs> it won't be good enough, but you know, it's the thought. But Phil. What have you been up to? Uh, this week, I well today, in fact, I got one over on that pesky rabbit that's been that had me in its sights all year. I went on an Easter egg hunt at my daughter's nursery, found them all in your face, rabbit. I think you can hide eggs from me, and I beat all the kids, all the three-year-olds. <laughs> they only got like four or five. I found all nine of them. You see, I think Idiots. you're joking, but I also have seen you being competitive, and I've got a feeling you're not joking. I am quite competitive, but I'm also not very good at much stuff. So when I get a chance to shine, I am, I'm finding those crudely coloured eggs, and I'm pushing toddlers out of the way to find them. Yeah. Would you say that stealing eggs from children is what you'd call a time to shine? <laughs> right, guys, it's Listener's Corner, but just be careful, okay, because there's some gravel around. In fact, fuck it, let's red flag things just in case. Now, even by F1 standards, the Australian Grand Prix was all over the place. Who's to blame? Tim Renler says, Chaos in the last few laps. Dubious red flags creating more chaos. No one sure of the rules. Penalties during laps that didn't happen. Long delays during the race to find out the result instead of after it. This was peak, peak F1. And all on a weekend, Michael Massey was back in the paddock. I bet he was hiding from Toto in race control and accidentally sat on the red flag button. Peter McLeod says, When I see Massey in the paddock, that's a red flag for me. Robin White says, Michael Massey is in town and the whole ending turns into a shit show. Gwen Harkness says, You get a red flag, and you get a red flag, and you get a red flag. I mean, this was good, wasn't it? It was red flag o'clock, wasn't it? <laughs> this was like, worth I, getting up for. I don't even know where to start. So the first red like, hang on, so let's, re let's remind ourselves how many red flags there were. So there was one near the start. So the first one was Alex Alban crashing. Which was a relatively big crash, but the and the car was sort of a little bit on the track, and there was a bit of gravel. Oh, that was it. It was the one that was also to do with the gravel, wasn't it? They were like, "Why have they red flagged the race?" They're like, "Oh, there's too much gravel on the track." Gravel. <laughs> like, like, have you seen the number of drivers that go through the gravel? So I think cars can deal with a bit of gravel. I think over all the years I've watched F1, I don't think they've ever gone, "Oh, that gravel's a bit much," because you know, it used to be in the old days they'd be like, "Oh, now they've got." They've driven to the gravel. It's going to be all stuck on the tyres for a couple of laps. And now it's like, you can't have any gravel on the car. Yeah. It wasn't that much gravel. It wasn't like there were tons of debris. They, they were maybe a little bit little bit trigger happy on that particular It almost flag. feels as if there's been a meeting somewhere. Now, there's, there's obviously the Twitter conspiracy theorist saying that F1 is ruled by Netflix these days, which is bollocks because mm. Netflix makes a boring season look interesting with editing. They don't need to fuck around with it. You know but, that one. You know that one is going to be like there's going to be sort of dramatic music and then silence as Alban crashes and silently skitters across the and then there's absolute chaos and it lasts for about five minutes. Yeah, and, and it was just very silly. And I think so. Somewhere there's been a conversation though where someone's gone. Look, it's more fun 
when the race has to get restarted. Uh, the, Aust- the Australian marshals or the Australian stewards are gone. Oh, yeah, we understood loud and clear, mate. <laughs> we will restart the race whenever possible. One of the uh, one of the marshals this weekend was, uh, I think, one of our favourite F1 drivers, Enrique Benaldi. Remember him? No. Yeah, I mean, I know the name from... from <laughs> That's how he trades. That's on his website. Um, <laughs> you know the name. Yeah, so then the second one, uh, Magnussen forgot he was driving and knackered his wheel. And, and injured actually some, hurt, hurt a spectator, yeah. Injured a man. Which I only just found out about. Who was so Australian about it. Have you seen the interview with him? No. The guy's just like, oh, it's just like, a, oh, then I looked down and my arm was bleeding and there was a big bit of metal from Magnuson's car and then my wife was like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally had a front wing hanging out his arm. Yeah, it's, oh, it's just a flesh wound, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll bite oh, your ankles. <laughs> but apparently yeah. like so no that was marshal- the second one well the, the, the best bit about that story is no marshals came up to see if he was okay no one no one from the track went are you okay and then the best bit of the story was sorry someone said it didn't even keep the bit of metal because another fan stole it <laughs> <laughs> what from out of his arm <laughs> yoink oh mate that was staunch uh, in the flow <laughs> oh no oh it looks like I'm bleeding out Oh, so oh. we got a spurter. <laughs> oh, what's the opposite of fair dinkum? Unfair <laughs> oh. dinkum. Oh. Anyway. Uh, and then the third one was the absolute ludicrous restart with like one lap to go where everyone completely forgot what they were doing and crashed into each other, which was like Belgium, what was it, 2008, whenever it was? 97. Um, of nonsense. Can I, can I confess something? I didn't watch the end of the race live because it got to that first red, the second red flag. And there was a restart, and I was like, okay, well, this will be boring, because I thought at the time it was going to be like a rolling start, and I was a bit tired. So I went to make a coffee, then I went out. And then, so I did when I got back, because I was watching the F1 TV coverage, I just paused it. And then when I got back home in the, in the afternoon, it was just there on the computer, and I, was, I pressed play, and it kind of went, there's like half an hour left. And I was like, well, that's weird, because surely <laughs> that's not what happened. And then I watched the carnage hours later. Hmm. And I had no idea. Yeah, it was good. Except, of course, then that wasn't even the end of the fun because then everyone was like, well, hang on. I'm still not entirely clear what was going on here. The problem was that the rules allowed for certain things to happen as long as they got as far as the first sector, but they hadn't or something because they'd literally crashed at like the first or second corner. Yeah, so what? So all the, all the cars crashed, but... They called the red flag before Max Verstappen had hit the first sector line, which means in a kind of weird parallel universe, it means that none of those cars did crash and they had to go back to the order they were at before, even though the two Alpines had taken themselves out. But how could they have taken themselves out if if that crash didn't happen? But they didn't. If two Alpines crash in a forest, does the Pope know what? Exactly. So I don't understand quite what's going on no and one then, does no one understands what's going on and then somehow Hulkenberg was up to fourth and then Sainz got his penalty which would have meant that Hulkenberg would have <laughs> yes. got his first podium <laughs> which makes Hulkenberg still I think I've said this before but I'm going to say it again he's still the most unluckiest driver in Formula 1 and I'm including the ones that have died in that on the scale of F1 shit shows how high does this rank I think it was pretty big because it's compound shit shows 
there was a variety of there was no one Abu Dhabi 2021 level ma- magna shit show but there was a lot of small and reasonable shit shows that compounded each other to create an overall I'm actually a lot more sympathetic show. to be honest because the reason this was a shit show is because they've made a rule which says they don't want cars races to finish under the safety car which I think is a good rule because races that finish under the safety Mostly. car are always shit. You know, there's nothing there's nothing worse than that feeling when you go, oh, we've got three laps under the safety car. Oh, fucking hell. So if they're not going to finish a race under the safety car and someone like Magnussen smashes into a wall with like three laps left, then they're in an impossible situation, really, because they have to stop the race. Because if, if the rule is now, and it, it might not be a rule in the rule book, but if it's a kind of stated goal of F1, which is not to have a race finish under a safety car, and a crash happens with three laps to go, they have to red flag the race, and then they have to do a restart. And then, of course, if there's a one-lap restart, all of the drivers are all cocky and going, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an Alonso and get six places up. But if they're all trying to do an Alonso, then they're all going to fucking crash out. <laughs> which then mm, leads to the most gonna... amazing thing, which is... A one lap restart under a safety car. <laughs> I wonder if there should be a rule where if this happens and there's one lap to get, you should be able to pull out a joker extra lap and say, right, you've got to do one more lap now. Yeah, but isn't that added. exactly what happened in the NASCAR race that Jensen Button was in? I don't know. I didn't watch it. So Jensen Button, and I think I think even Kimi Raikkonen was racing in this same race, bizarrely. Oh, yeah. It's, it's full of... American racing is just old F1 drivers now. It's like, but they've, got a, rule, they've got a rule, which is where... Basically, if this happens, that they can have an extra two laps at the end of the race to yeah, make sure that. that it doesn't happen under caution. But in, a th- I think it was this race that Jensen Button was in last week. That happened three times because they all kept crashing. <laughs> <laughs> so they ended up having like an extra ten laps and going, "Oh, this is okay. this is this is the last two laps." Which I would no, find I like quite that. Let, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that because then they'll start running out of fuel as well. Yeah, but then what would happen Which with we the never fuel get anymore? Because yeah, do they get more fuel? Or do they all have no, to? No, you lap- just have to factor in that that might happen. That, I mean, that, that should be-, be into your unknown category when you're planning how much fuel to put in. I think that'd be brilliant. We haven't had people run out of fuel in ages. See, that would be peak F one if all the cars except for like Logan Sargent <laughs> ran out of fuel, then <laughs> he gets a shock win. I mean, I'd be up for that. Uh, people are banking on there being three red flags in the last four laps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tremendous. Well, I think we've solved it. Now, there were so many moments during the race, let's throw them all in together and we'll address them quickfire one by one. Jason Birkinshaw says, How does Max have the nerve to complain about being pushed off the track? So, sore loser and a bad winner. What a... Oh, I don't like myself here, but I'm starting to feel for Max Verstappen. I think it's... Oh you my know how, good God. You know how I go through all my fickleness with drivers? I hate a driver, then I yes. like a driver. I think it's a bit like Doctor Who and I can feel myself like, what, what does he do? He regenerates. So I'm regenerating from a Max Verstappen hater and suddenly I'm waking <laughs> up and I've got an orange cap on and I'm like, oh, who am I now? Um, I just, I'm starting to feel sorry for him because he can't enjoy winning. He doesn't, his whole life has been set up to be like, everyone's against you, Max. And now he's winning and he's the comfortablest, fastest car. He still can't deal with it. I, he's just not happy. I think he needs... He needs to get his dad out of his life. He needs to do what Hamilton did a few years ago when he fired Anthony as his manager, and now they're much closer, probably. Exactly. Or further apart. Tom Murray says, Everybody who said this year's Red Bull is a rocket clearly didn't see the fire coming out of the back of George Russell's Mercedes. Fuck George Russell. Oh, okay. That's not changed then. 
No, no, I'm still hate. Well, maybe that's what it is because I hate George Russell. I can only hate one driver a year, so George Russell's were taking not, my venom. Were you not rooting for him when he uh, when he swept into the lead at the start? I was impressed by that. I'll admit he's a good driver, and it was unlucky of him. No, unlucky for him when he pitted under the safety car that then became a red flag. That fucked him over, and he was fucked over by the fire in his car. But none of that makes up for the fact that the final red flag, he was like on the grid poncing around with white loafers on and just like standing there with like one leg hooked against the wall like he's in a fucking model advert. No. <laughs> really? Was he looking at his expensive watch? Yeah, he just he's just such a prick. I can't fucking stand him. Maybe one week we should do a, a rundown of your preferred F1 driver just in terms of how much you like them from 1 to 20. Great. I, I could do a whole spin-off podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what's it called well you know that Ed Straw on the race does his rankings every week for the drivers just do the same sure. as that it would just be called Terry Saunders F1 rankings just based called on anything, Terry Sa- anything but their racing it'd be called Ter- Terry Saunders Ed Straw's 2023 Australian Grand Prix <laughs> Formula 1 driver rankings it'd be called Terry All Saunders right, good. We'll fucking it. drivers <laughs> oh that's a different podcast <laughs> that's very different that's the Netflix special <laughs> Philip Morby says Nice of Alpine to end their final pink car livery race like old times, with both teammates in the barrier. Yeah, That is a good point, because that's what happened, but that was Force India, wasn't it? Yeah, same livery, different that teams. That livery is just dangerous. Cursed. Yeah. Yeah. It's the pink, who is the Pink Panther's mortal enemy? Inspector Clouseau? Inspector Cluedo? No. Who was it? I can't remember. Well, it was well. You, 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 look, we're going to get a sidetracked here, but there, there was a kind of Inspector Clouseau character in the cartoon who wasn't actually Inspector Clouseau, but because it was based on the film, it kind of was Inspector Clouseau. But they kind of span off in a different direction. Mm. Oh yeah, but, he had the little fussy moustache, didn't he? Do you remember? How, like, we're the same age, Phil. Did you hate that kid who got to drive the Pink Panther car at the start as much as I did? I don't remember him. Do you remember there was like a, I've not was watched a fancy it in car, quite a while. There was like the fancy Pink Panther car in real-time footage kind of thing, driven with the Pink Panther in the back, and then it would park, and then a little kid would get out, the joke was he was like the driver. We'll move on. Tristan Clayton says, a mixed week for sportsman called Oscar P, then. <laughs> He's taken my joke. Yes. So, <laughs> Oscar Piastri did score some points. And sure. Oscar, what's the other one called again? Pistorius. Oh, God. I mean, it is the same name. Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> Is not getting out of jail. <laughs> no. But Oscar Piastri is not getting out of McLaren. He's uh, He made it very clear that that's where he was going, and he's made his bed, and now he has to lie in it. It's, it's quite a slow bed. Um, and, you know, he did get a point, but half the field crashed, so... I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he got a point by just being there. By not let's, crashing. Let's not pretend... Right, being I'm too slow to catch up with the crashes. Um, in other news, it wasn't just the drivers that the authorities were watching out for in Melbourne. The race organisers themselves got hauled in front of the stewards after members of the public got onto the track before the race was actually finished. Although, in fairness, they probably thought it was finished because no one knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah, this is weird, isn't it? Like, you think... I don't think I've ever heard of the race organisers being called to the stewards in like an official F1 bulletin. Because I think they're even getting the police involved. Because this is like you know, this is dangerous shit, isn't it? It's like when could you know, have been nasty, yeah. 
but then for, the, for, I, for anyone that doesn't see the race at the end of the Australian Grand Prix and some of the Grand Prix as well like Monza and stuff there is a tradition that everybody floods onto the track for the podium and, and it's all fine and it's but it's marshalled it's like it's organised but not this year yeah and I, I don't know. I don't. Want to, I don't want to get like one of those Facebook meme accounts where they're like, "Oh, back in my day, they used to let people on the track when the race was on." Way, or oh, Nigel Mansell. Way, but yeah, this feels very dangerous because it just feels there was a bit of chaos in the air in Australia this week, and I don't think it was necessarily good chaos. No. Well, there's Australia for you. Allegedly. Very racist. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by New Zealand. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1's sake or find us on Facebook where we are for F1's sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer? Thanks to everyone who has done so since we last met. They are Catherine Vietzi, who simply says Max Verstappen showers with his dad. You see, this is, this is what I mean. These kind of jokes are hilarious, <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm starting to feel sorry for Max Verstappen because I think there's a chance it's true. I reckon that Jos Verstappen insists on sleeping with PK Jr. female before Max does. Just well, yes, pre, pre, what's it called? Prima Nocta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it has to test the waters. Oh, wow. It, yeah, quite dysfunctional. Ryan Parkin, who says, here is a beer to not do an Aussie accent again. Don't know what the fuck he's talking about, mate. <laughs> And a huge thanks to our monthly donors keeping us in beer a long time. Today, we celebrate Andy Wallington. I, if I was a Wallington, I would be Andy. That's not one of your best. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. I'm sorry. Brad, young man. Andy Wallington sounds like a name for sausages. Neil Fraser. Neil Fraser was very good in The Whale. Keith Falconer. Ah, ah. Chris Lee. Chris Lee, he has two knees. If he hasn't got two knees, I'm sorry, Chris Lee. Bernard Waugh. Bernard Waugh. Jenny and Ralph Brynard. Jenny and Ralph. Jenny and Ralph. They are very nice people, I would imagine. And I think they've got a small Brynard now as well. And I assume that the donation is from them too. So thank you. Shit teams, I fell asleep beneath the flowers for a couple of hours. What a ludicrous race. Red flag, red Terry flag. shit teams, woo! Red flag, I made a dream and had a red flag for a couple of red flags. It's a beautiful red, red flag. There's gravel everywhere. Gravel. <laughs> red Bull. Max Verstappen actually got overtaken at the start of the race, but then the usual order regained itself and he walked it, even with all the carnage. Why is the car so fast? It does seem that they've got a special super-duper DRS, mm. which I don't quite know how is legal, but they seem to be able to shave off a lot more drag than the other cars when they open their DRS. Because like there was... <laughs> A clip going around this morning of like Lewis Hamilton getting overtaken by Max Verstappen, and it is like Lewis Hamilton is parked and Verstappen is just like on the motorway zipping by. It's quite staggering how much of a yeah. speed difference there is. 
I mean, they have got Adrian Newey designing the car, who, as I'm told, is quite good at designing cars in terms of the aero and whatnot. I mean, he's got previous, that's for sure. But then I don't understand He loves how, a slippery car. I don't understand how George Russell got ahead and stayed ahead for a bit. It doesn't make any well, sense. It, it does seem that the Red Bull is not so good at getting its tyres warm. So at the start, the tyres weren't that hot and therefore had less grip. So right at the start, couldn't get out of his way as quickly. But then once the tyres did get hot, walked it. So you could say the only way for Mercedes to win a race is a race with several red flags. You could say that. <laughs> Next time they're coming out, they're going to be finding be any reason they can to red flag it. There'll be team members around the track throwing gravel onto the corner every lap. <laughs> Just get the bloke from Australia to come with his arm bleeding, going, oh, mate, it must have happened again. <laughs> oh, classic bloke from Australia. Aston Martin. Oh, we haven't talked I remember about Paris. Once, Should we talk about Paris? I remember once in Bethnal Green, some guy coming up to me with his arm all bleeding, <laughs> being like, Kevin Mackerson just crashed. And he was like... <laughs> his arm was properly bleeding. And I was, I've always been confused by this. Maybe someone can help. Because it, it was a bit of a scam. Because he was basically asking for money. I was like, shit, you're right. Do you want to get, get an ambulance? And he was like, no, I just need some money for a taxi. And I was like, that's, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. And then he was just like begging for money. And he was just like asking for money. And I was just like, well, this is weird. Because the thing is, your arm is definitely bleeding. And quite badly. And I never really understood what happened there. And that just came to me. Well, if you're an, uh, an East London scam artist and you can explain that, then drop us a line. Wrong at ff1ice.com. Sergio Perez, should we talk about him? He no. was shit. Oh, people in Berlin are often in a worse state than people in London when it comes Ooh. to people on the tube begging. Oh, Aston Martin. Should Alonso be third? Did he spin out or did that lap never happen? Why did Stroll go straight on? So Stroll went straight on, no one knows why. Because, I mean, he, he he did steer, but the car, the, the wheels didn't turn. So I don't know if something is broken or the, is that, because someone said it was Just the massive tires understeer, too, maybe? Cold tyres? Well, someone said the tyres were too cold, but... I was, in, I, I was in the car with him. Because if they're too cold, they wouldn't grip. You'd basically just turn and they wouldn't grip. They, you'd basically just go straight on. And that is massive understeer. Yeah, but the, okay, okay. This is what I don't understand, right? Because it was the cockpit camera, so you could see the wheels, and you could see that he turned the steering wheel, but the wheels didn't turn. Oh, really? This is what I thought. Mm. So it's not well, like that would suggest broken steering. But then he exactly. did carry on, or did he? Well, I don't. No, he didn't crash, did he? Or did he? Well, I don't know. He kind of. I mean, you know, he ended up finishing fourth, didn't he? So he didn't stop. But yeah, well, it was did very he? Confusing. Well, did he? <laughs> Anything did anyone matter? finish this race? I'm I think we should now have... Okay, so you know I was talking about doing the Colin Chapman aspirational second championship thing. I think we sure. should also now have another championship that veers off from this one. So there's there's the championship where that last red flag didn't happen and Hulkenberg gets a podium. <laughs> and then there's another parallel universe championship that really happened. And we just kind of, you know, we let AI do the other one, make it more interesting. And then we have the real one, which will probably be quite boring. Sure, sure. So it's, it's the Sliding Doors Championship. And every Absolutely. race, there's more and more championship standings that we have to go through based on all the things that probably might have happened. Oh, God, I hate doing the standings. No, let's not do that. I love the idea, but yeah, you'd have to do a lot more standings and we'd have to keep track of it all. No. Should Alonso have been third? That's three, three you... podiums in a row. Three podiums, three races. It's the first time he's done that in a long time. So he got punted out by Carlos Sainz and it wasn't Alonso's fault. So, you know... I suppose. So I they mean, reset that, scrub that. 
Do you know, I will say, you know, they always talk about how Alonso is on it and he knows everything that's going on around him. Did you hear that radio message? Yes. He was in the co- so, that was a little bit eerily clever. Yeah. When he He's was very like, sharp, isn't he? I can't exactly remember what the situation was, but like he, he was like, something's happened. He was like, oh, but what if, what are that thing from like four years ago that everybody knows about? Yeah, well, it was just the fact that he kind of goes, oh, God, that really annoys me. Anyway, I'm over it now. So, um, yeah, so in Silverstone now, last year... the machinations. Happened. Yeah, it was like in Silverstone last year this happened, but because they called the red flag before the safety car line, which was like, what, it's what the commentators were talking about, but he's in the car and he's going, yeah, but they called the red flag before the safety car line, so I think I should get that place back that happened in, in Silverstone last year. And by the way, he's just dealt uh, Ace of Spades, a three of hearts and a seven of clubs. <laughs> no. What the fuck are you doing, Rain Man? Maybe he's got... <laughs> He's got commentary notes plastered all around the cockpit, as you can refer to, of everybody's previous results from the past five years. It's just, it was, it was a bit scary, and it made me. He's think, a scary man. Can you imagine living with him? You'd be like, oh yeah, I think I'd I brought milk last not. week. I don't, you did not buy milk last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one you haven't bought milk uh, since 1997. <laughs> oh, what when you were still a Formula One driver, you shit. <laughs> Ferrari. Oh, Leclerc God. has given up already, and you won't like Sainz when he's angry. Why was why was he so angry? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Sainz is he was really a victim of circumstance, circumstance like, and incompetence. I feel like he's really misjudged this because he did punt Alonso <laughs> off, and he calls that all yeah. that carnage was his fault. And then he does this kind of. <laughs> Like he's at the end of a film going, this is the worst injustice has ever happened to me since they made that woman get off that bus in America. You're like, no. it's just... and like everyone's going, what are you talking about? And he's like, this is the most despicable thing Ford One's ever done. You're like, no, it isn't. It's not the most despicable thing in this race, mate. No one gives a shit about you. you I mean, a five second penalty is pretty much, it's the, it's the lowest penalty you can get, really. And you did deserve a penalty. It is unfortunate that, you know, in, in a lot of races, a five-second penalty might not even learn, lose you a place, and in this one, it'll lose you about ten. But them's the breaks. Yeah, it was just, it was so weird that he's got, like, I feel like, so he's thinking that he's got the better of Leclerc this year, which means he's, I think he's just, it feels like he's got some kind of someone coaching him in some kind of positivity training or something to be like, you've got to be the lion, you've got to be the one taking everything. But he's gone too far, and it's just like, you, the Ferrari are shit this year or just not even shit they're just normal Ferrari and you seem to be acting like you're in the lead of the championship and you're not and it's just it's just mm. weird it's just there's a bit of a disconnect with how angry he is about this and where his car actually is I think he's just realising that by and large the car's not going to be as good again the team won't be able to get it together he's not as good as Leclerc and even though he's managed to get to a front running team it's not going to mean anything no, I mean, in terms what, of substantial achievements, which is also true of. I mean, it's Formula One's such a strange sport, isn't it? Because you think so for the last yes. eight years, the last eight years, you know, if you're not in a Mercedes, you're not going to win the championship. And then there's been this big rule change, and it's just like, oh, the Red Bull have got to walk it for at least the next three years. And it must be this weird feeling of like, I've worked all these fucking years, I finally got to be a Ferrari Formula One driver, and it means nothing. <laughs> Yeah, but might as well be when, driving when was the last time it did mean something? That's the thing. 2008. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and even then they didn't win. Anyway, um, Charles Leclerc got punted off at the start by Lance Stroll. 
And also was shit in qualifying. Like he he wasn't really yeah. there this week, which it does make me feel like he has actually he's given up this too. year. Like he's yeah. he's not focusing on twenty twenty four, three races in. I know it's a bit sad. I mean, they might as well. Yeah. Oh, I quite hmm. like Charlie Clerk, but I also I quite like seeing him get broken. Mercedes. Lewis on the podium, looking all happy next to Alonso, like it's 2007. Russell was being better than him until he wasn't. Who is the best Mercedes driver this year? I still feel like Lewis isn't trying that hard yet. And then when they make the car better, <laughs> he'll just walk walk all over Russell. But is that just me being biased because I don't like George Russell and I can't quite believe George Russell is better than Lewis Hamilton? But actually, by all accounts, George Russell is a bit better than Lewis Hamilton. I think so far this year he's been better than Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, Harrison's not quite been firing on um, all cylinders. I think I saw an interview where he said he'd he'd sort of made they're sort of they've been taking some wild stabs in the dark in terms of how to develop the car, and the, and the driver has a certain amount of input on, you know, how do you set up things, and it's not just like we'll do that tweak and that's it. Like it's a series of things that you you go down these paths, and Hamilton is fairly sure he chose the wrong one, and and Russell's chosen a better one. So that could go some way to explain it. But, you know, that is part of being a good F1 driver is being able to do all these setups and stuff. And it's so, you know, whether but that comes down the, to the just the setup choices or there's more to it than that, I don't know. But did you see the thing about how far forward they sit in the car compared to other cars? Yeah, they sit between the front wheels on the nose. But, well, no, apparently, if you look, the, the Mercedes car has been designed in a way that they sit a lot further forward because of... Um, I think to get rid of the side pods, they've just got to go, we're going to have to shove all this stuff where the driver sits. So we put the driver a bit forward. <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton has basically said, I hate this because I, he doesn't feel the car properly because he likes to sit a bit further. I don't really understand because I don't drive. But he's, you know, he's saying that you've got to sit further back in the car to get a better feel. And, you know, I'll take his word for it, being an eight-time world champion. Yep, I said eight. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I just feel like Mercedes have made a weird mistake there. I mean, that does seem to be the case. And I think they're scrambling to undo that mistake. But yeah, they're not going to be. I thought they actually did considerably better this weekend than I expected them to. I mean, they've done very um, well. I mean, they're all, you know, second row of the grid and George Russell was in the lead for a bit. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. But, but was that them got... doing well or was that as that Aston and Ferrari dropping the ball a bit? I mean, a bit I of think both. a bit of both, isn't it? But also, now we've got the problem. We've got the problem with the budget cap, which is. They can't throw money at the problem to make it go away. No. Which means that when a team like Red Bull are dominant, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Even if Mercedes now go, oh, we've worked it out, we'll just build another car. So, like, oh no, we can't do that because you're not allowed to. But they've got more wind tunnel allowance. I, I presume because they get more wind tunnel allowance than Red Bull because Red Bull get the least. They presumably still have to pay for all that wind tunnel time, which I guess isn't cheap. So... Are they, yeah, do they have Red to? So, do they all? Do you know, Red I don't Bull know how so, it works. Red, Red Bull are so far ahead. They're probably just like having a laugh with their wind tunnel time. They're probably just getting Adrian Newey <laughs> to fart or something. <laughs> it's just like just hey. gone in there with a big parachute and a few beers and just piss yeah. about. We don't need any wind tunnel time. We've got the best car by far. <laughs> no, I don't understand how any of it works. Good. Williams Logan Staff Sergeant has been demoted to private for a rear-ending crash on lap fifty-seven. Is he any good? I mean, it's not the best look, is it? Like being at the back. I mean, yes, all the other cut. Actually, can we talk about that that one shot where they were going for that restart, and all the cars <laughs> went so slowly that 
Was it Kevin Magnussen <laughs> had to like overtake the ball because they'd all basically stopped on the track? That yeah. feels and then somebody like went skittering up across the gravel. I don't know who it was, but I think that was Magnussen, wasn't it? But yeah, that was that, that Magnussen. Was that him? That doesn't seem to be because actually, in all the carnage afterwards, that seems to get forgotten about. But I feel like that was pretty fucking dangerous. There was so much carnage going on. You can't be expected to remember it all. But then I think so. When the restart happened, all the cars obviously slowed down. So there's lots of crashes, and it was like. It was like Logan Sargent was like changing the dial on his radio or something, and he just went, looked up and he was there's a car in front of him. So not the best look. No, um, Albon crashed. Um, it, well, Albon was looking really good up until the point where he looked really bad. He was in the points. He qualified well. He should have had a fucking dream race. Yeah, and he was it was holding on to six and looking good until massively binded a hundred and something miles an hour and smashed it and caused the first red flag. So Albon is good. We know this. He was made to look shit at Red Bull, but he is actually quite good. He can get that Williams into a decent position, hmm. which implies that Logan Sargent isn't very good because he's not. I mean, he's Logan Sargent is is he's come up through the ranks, at least it seems pretty quickly. Because I remember hearing about him in I reckon Formula Three. And thinking he looked okay, but he wasn't destroying them. And that, uh, maybe it's because I'm old, but that doesn't seem very long ago. It seems like he's good. And, you know, he's, he's what? Williams' is third choice for this seat? So I think True. he's decent, but he's not incredible. And he is. it is very early on in his yeah, in his career. I, I, give him, I reckon we give him a little bit of leeway. Because there's been a couple of times where he's like, oh, he's done all right there. But then, yeah, this weekend was not one of them. McLaren! McLaren safety card their luck into the points, but they also weren't as shit this weekend as previously. Why not? I don't actually know. <laughs> They've been moaning about how <laughs> shit they are all year, and now they're not quite as shit, and I'm not really understanding why. Well, first of all, half the team crashed. Half the team's crashed, and they didn't. So they actually got some points. Um, in fact, it was their best, best, <laughs> their best weekend uh, so far this season, which isn't admittedly saying very much. Um, but Norris had a good one. Piastri was relatively all right, I guess. Although, didn't he go out in Q1? I think he did, didn't he? Because all the Australians yeah. were like, yeah, Piastri, and then he went out in Q1. Yeah, it was just a bit weird. But it was also weird because Ricardo was there this weekend for Red Bull. <laughs> and it was just yeah. awkward. Everything was awkward. This was such a weird <sighs> race. It was a very weird race. I think this is a race that I need to, at some point, well, I don't know when I'm going to have time, but at some point I need to watch this again and sort of look at the various different little bits going on because it was a bit it bonkers. But yeah, I think Norris had a really good race. He went from 13th to 6th, which is good. 7th on the road, and then obviously the science got his penalty. Um, did some overtaking. But Australia is a weird track, as we I think we say every year. It's not representative of other tracks, really. So they might not be able to keep it going. Yeah, I think McLaren have always done quite well at Australia, so, yeah, you're right. Anyway, fun. Mm. Alpine. Two pink cars crashing into each other like the Pink Panther has had a lover's tiff with Penelope Pitstop. Who is at fault, and why did it happen? I reckon racing incident. Well, the reason that Gasly hasn't... Because Gasly is like a couple of points away from a race ban, believe it or not with his because you know that thing where on the you get points on your license and if you get up to oh, yeah, 30 yeah. or something they, you get an automatic yeah. race ban 
So he's like a few points away from a race ban. And if he'd have been given the points for this incident, then he'd have been a, had a race ban. But they didn't give him a penalty or points for this because it was a first lap incident on lap 57. <laughs> <laughs> well, that but Gasly one was weird because the actual the steward, crash... The steward's report says it's a first lap incident. And I know it's a restart <laughs> it really? incident. It's not a first <laughs> lap incident. It was a bit of a funny one because it... It was ultimately his fault, but it was like he had a moment and then he got it back and then it was just him kind of not looking what was going on amongst the chaos of, yes, the quotes first lap. So it wasn't like he lost control and smashed into his teammate, you know, at high speed. It was just kind of a bit of a blundery one. Well, but, it was a blundery one. I mean, they've got it out of their of, system, haven't they? Yeah, but it was just his idea of going, oh, well, I'll turn in. I mean, what's the chance of there being another car there? I won't look. <laughs> And there is a car. What are the chances of it being off? Oh, shit. Yeah. And just, yeah, that, that as one of the comments said earlier on, the, the, that, that visual of the two pink cars, one of one of which being off on crashing into the side of a track, was just, it was a bit familiar, wasn't it? This, this thing about the cost cap stuff is just that for a penultimate lap shunt, that was very expensive. Mm, yeah, that did look pricey. There was a lot of yeah. folded bits of carbon fibre going ways they shouldn't have gone. And this guy coming out of the crowd going, I'm fucking bleeding. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Oi, right, come back with that. Um, I do wonder if there's an element of like Gasly and Ocon. Like, they were remarkably civil about it afterwards. I thought this was going to preclude a fist fight, but I wonder if they sort of knew it was coming and it's like, well, it's done now. We've finally got it out of our system. Like, no, because I, fe- no, I, like I feel like this was an accident. Like it felt like a genuine mistake. It didn't feel like I'm going to fucking get him. It felt like I didn't oh, it didn't feel like one of them's ticked him the other. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there was a weird video that Alpine put on social media of the two of them like on a plane or something, and it looked as if there was a, a gun just out of shot going right. You two are both so fucking happy about this. It's like oh, I'm really sad that happened, and oh yeah, me too. Oh man, we we're such good friends. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> don't buy it for a second. Alfa Romeo, shite. Valtteri Bottas was last in qualifying, started from the pit lane and was last of the finishers, proving that mullets really are not the answer. Zhou Guanyu went from 17th to 9th and some points, which isn't bad, but then one place was because of Sainz's penalty and also everybody else crashed. Alfa Romeo, Stroke Sauber have always been the team that it's hard to remember what happened with them in the race. <laughs> and this is no... Because the thing is, it's not even just to finish near the back, because a lot of, you know, Haas often finish near the back and Alfa Tauri. But Haas, you know, Kevin Magnussen cut a man. <laughs> Nicole Hulkenberg <laughs> nearly got on the podium. I can talk about Haas. Alpha, I just don't know. It's just like the car's colours are really boring. I think it's colours. I don't see, I see them I, in the race. When they first revealed it, I was like, ooh, it looks like a peeled Ferrari. I quite like it. But they're, no. you're right. They kind of blend away in the race. Yeah. Look, they should have gone. They, they, if we go back to massively bright colours like the Alpines have done. Well, exactly. I think look, the, the, the other year, I, I mean, I loved it the other year when the, the McLarens first went to Papaya, the Mercedes were all black, the, you had the, the yellow Renaults and the, the pink yeah. Force Indias. It's just like that. You just, you'd look at the grid and go, oh, I know which car's which. And now it's just like, and because they've done this year with all the peeling all the carbon fiber back, it's just like, oh, is that another black car with a white bit? Oh, God, I don't give a shit. Yeah. We need more really loudly colored F1 cars. There hasn't been a purple F1 car for a long time. What was the last purple last F1 one? car? Simtech I feel like I feel like one of Brabham's last years was a bit purple. 
or life? The Red Bull was a bit purple one year, about 10 years or so ago. Oh, the Infinity Red Bull, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. They, yeah, Simtech was the one that springs to mind with the MTV branding. Um, I think Life was purple. Hang on, Life. Okay. One, two. Life. Silk Cut needs to come back. Anyway. Um, Hass. Oh no, Life was red. Hass. Missed the Hass thing. realize i can't sing <laughs> like i never Quite normally theory. try and sing and I then i it. just just then i was like i'm gonna try and go for a high note and do you ever do that we're just gonna go i've never actually tried to go for a high note maybe i can turns out i can't it's quite difficult hi mm. oh no hey. anyway can you go? there's a sliding oh, no, no, doors Phil, moment do the highest note you can do the highest note you can oh <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty good no, I've got a real limit. I think I'm a baritone. I, well, I am a baritone, but I've got uh, I've got range. Oh. You see, another reason why you should hire me. Filtromans.com. <laughs> Haas. There's a sliding doors moment where Nico Hulkenberg has his first podium, and also I'm married to Gwyneth Paltrow. But we're stuck in the realities we have. I'm afraid, Nico. So hang on. Are you Chris Martin, or are you the one that she had after? In a lot. Well, did you just hear that singing? <laughs> In a lot of ways, I am Chris Martin. You have got the yeah. range filter open. I was quite good early doors, and now I'm tedious and annoying. I mean, I don't think Chris Martin was ever good. Yeah, first first Coldplay album was pretty decent. I mean, not, Did not I ever, you know, outstanding, but it was all right. Because I don't care about Hass. I'll tell you a sto- my Chris Martin story. Do you want to hear that? Oh, yeah. So, it's not very exciting. So, I worked at one of my many jobs I had in London before I was um, a semi-successful comedian was I worked at UCL, University College London. And one of the many jobs I had there was to be a receptionist on the student living area on the night shift, which was a really (laughs) weird job. And the guy who ran the place was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, Coldplay used to live here. And he's, he was like, yeah, yeah, Chris Martin, they always used to come up here and be drunk and I'd have to let them in. They were good lads, they were good lads. And then whenever the students received post, they had to sign for it in a little book. And they had all these old books like stacked up in the hallway. And I suddenly thought to myself, hang on a minute. If I go back a few years, I might find Coldplay's autographs. And I could maybe sell these. And so one day when it was quiet, one night, I went back to all the books and someone had already beaten me to it. <laughs> <laughs> End of story. Uh, it's not a bad story. It's more exciting than Haas. What happened to Haas? Well, Kevin Magnussen cut a guy. <laughs> sure. I mean, we should talk about that because I mean that. Actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, in fairness, this was an exciting race for Haas. Not not a great race, but an exciting <clears throat> race. Yeah. Well, Nico Hulkenberg is looking quite good. As he is, isn't he? Much better than I thought he would be. And Kerry Magnuson just isn't. No, he's he's he he had a period when he came back from. He's always really good at the start of something. Remember when he first came in for McLaren years ago, and he got a podium yeah. on his first race, and then he came back when everyone thought he was done, and he was pretty good for the first few races, and now he's just gone. Ah, the novelty's worn off. I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I don't know enough. Into the wall and cut I, a man. I don't know enough about driving to explain this but it does feel like 
he's one of those drivers that everything has to be absolutely perfect for him and he'll be really good and if it's not he just can't be bothered hmm. whereas some drivers can hmm. really kind of drive around problems and some drivers blah 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 but he just seems to be someone that goes oh no I mean, point trying this week the crashing into the wall thing though is is pretty unforgivable that's just a lapse of concentration which you know it's difficult driving an F1 car very fast around a narrow circuit but that is your job is to not accidentally drive into the wall so, and then not really notice <laughs> What was weird about that crash is when they were going, um, uh, Kevin, Kevin, you've got, you've got, you've got damage. I was like, I think he probably knows. You know, his his rear wheel exploded and his suspension collapsed. I think he knows he's got damage. I don't it know that. He seems odd. like the sort that would just keep going around. He'd be the oh, sort really? of motorway that would have like a, a wheel like sparking at the bottom. Going, well, like Shiel oh, yeah, Villeneuve years ago when he went around on three wheels to try and get back to the pit. It's like, what did you think was going to happen here? Exactly. That you'd go into the pit and they'd put new suspension on the car. I think you would. <sighs> Alpha Tauri Tsunoda had a sexy brand new floor for Australia and promptly smashed it to bits in FP1 but he still managed to qualify his teammate Nick De Vries had the new floor and no excuses and probably wishes he called it quits with that one good race he did last year yeah um... <laughs> does that sum up Alpha Tauri for you I have nothing <coughs> Yeah, I mean, what can we say? It doesn't seem to be... Ugh. Nick DeFries was... Rub- oh, that was it. Nick DeFries was crashed into by um, old Williams guy, wasn't it? Old Williams Logan. guy. Logan old Sargent. Sergeant, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. DeFries has been underwhelming, I have to say. Which, considering... I mean, he is a, he is a rookie, but he's been in and around F1... For a long time, I remember donkeys years ago. He was McLaren's little junior guy that he was under their wing. You remember he? You remember the tuned series from McLaren years ago? Oh, he was yeah, a character yeah, yeah. in that, except he was a, basically a child. So he's been around for ages. He's not Logan Sargent, who's like twelve and has only just got into big cars with gears. He should be doing a bit better, especially against Sunoda, who has moments of brilliance and a lot of moments of rubbishness. Um, that has proved this weekend when he smashed his new floor but still beat his teammates so not good enough no no not good enough and I don't know yeah I, I mean but also Alvatari is shit aren't they so what, what can he do <laughs> and that's that's the Alvatari debrief <laughs> all of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders so because this was a race of red flags I thought I would list if you went on a date with a driver, what would their red flags be? So, Max Verstappen in first place, he brings his dad. That's his red flag. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to bring this guy here. He's going to come in. Uh, in second place, Sergio Perez boasts about having the same condom for 10 years. That's weird, Sergio, but you are very good on your rubber. Um, Fernando Alonso knows everything going on in the bar. <laughs> you just like, he's just like, oh, someone's just smashed a glass in the next room. What? Um, Lewis Hamilton has got no red flags, but there's a knowledge that he shagged Nicole Scherzinger and like nothing you could do could probably match up. Uh, Carlos Sainz is just so intense, you can't help but think he's either violent or impotent. Uh, Lance Stroll just puts down a wad of cash at the start and says, we're not having sex. George Russell wears white loafers and stands with one foot against the wall. Lando Norris doesn't look up from his phone. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg keeps looking over your shoulder for other dates. Um, 
Charles Leclerc keeps talking about how Harry could have been someone, which is also my tactic on dates. Um, Valtteri Bottas, just fucking look at him these days. The, the man is a walking red flag. Uh, Esteban Ocon <laughs> has a lot of questions about Pierre Gasly. Um, Oscar Piastri sends a tweet saying he won't be on this date. Um, <laughs> Pierre Gasly has a lot of questions about Esteban Ocon. Um, Zogan Yu, still know nothing about him. He's just like nothing. Um, Sonoda gets really angry when the food doesn't arrive but he's also forgotten to order Kevin Magnussen wears a t-shirt with some balls on it and Alexander Albon his mum negotiates before he's allowed out of his room <laughs> and the Constructors Championship Haas actually we didn't really talk about this but Haas actually um, put in an appeal against the race result because of all the stuff at the end I, I missed this yeah 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 that was it so because obviously Hulkenberg would have finished third they actually put in an official appeal to say, look, we think the race result is wrong. And Ooh. and then they failed. Well, they they failed. At the, well, they, they were hoping that Oldenburg would get a podium. But um, so I thought if all the teams put in an appeal against the race result, what would their reasoning be? So Red Bull <laughs> would be like, it's just too easy. <laughs> um, Aston Martin says Alonso has to come third. It's in his contract. Uh, Mercedes, we don't like losing, but we've forgotten how to win. Uh, Ferrari have appealed all races since 2008. <laughs> um, McLaren say all the other cars are cheating because clearly in this rule set, they should all be undrivable. Um, Alpine says if that lap didn't happen, why are our cars all broken? Uh, Haas says Hulkenberg should be on the frack on the fucking podium. That's what's happened. But I've, for some reason, I've written fracking, not fucking on my list. Alfa Romeo says, just cancel all the races till Rowdy. What's the point? Uh, Alfa Tauri say, we contractually have to make Red Bull look good. And Williams say, it turns out Frank owned Formula One and now he's donated it to a dog's charity. So all races are <laughs> null and void. Uh, classic Frank. And now, it's time for the man of the match of driving. George Logan Russell. Sergeant. Oh. <laughs> and now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. I've been watching Formula One for a depressing 34 years now. <laughs> This means there have been 34 Australian Grand Prix that I've woken up early for. And it's been sobering this weekend to work out that the only constant in my life in these last 34 years has been the waking up at 6am to watch the Australian Grand Prix. I've lived in different flats, towns and countries. Cats have been born and died. Relationships flourished and destroyed. But every year I have an alarm set for an ungodly time to watch some millionaires drive around the park in Melbourne or the streets of Adelaide. <laughs> And on one graph of fulfilledness, happiness and general life crises is how I feel about getting up at stupid o'clock. When I was 10, it was about the most exciting thing. Formula One carried me through my school years, but as I hit college age, lads culture, loaded magazine and drinking, I find the hacking and Alonso early morning starts a bit of a blur. But soon I settled down into my F1 podcasting career and in my late 20s had a new vigour to life in my comfy London flat. Then I moved to Berlin and rediscovered partying, queer culture and loaded magazine. And I found the last couple of years quite easy as I've been coming home at about the time the race starts. But now, all sober and with the ominous prospect of a Red Bull washout, surely getting up this year isn't a prospect I'm looking forward to. But don't worry, I have a solution. And the solution is, I'm fucking 43. I wake up early now. I genuinely didn't set an alarm on Sunday thinking I'll just watch the repeat at some point. And I woke up at fucking 6.50 anyway because I had to pee. <laughs> so now I put it on just trying to get back to fucking sleep. <laughs> Fuck my life. Uh, and that's F1 in a nutshell. 
It's also it from us. It's goodbye to Terry Saunders. I've written here that we haven't had time to talk about Gazzy not getting a ban, but I actually spoke about it, so we did have time to talk about it. Oh, well, that's what happens when we have fewer presenters. Less presenters. We will be back in about a month, probably, to discuss the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and the fucking castle. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter, why don't you, at for F1's sake. Are we on Mastodon? I don't know. Terry, where can people buy merch? ff1s.com forward slash shop shop shop. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in some time. I've been Phil Tromans. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.